again, everybody. We are now on to the 10th episode of Give a Sip. Uh, I can't believe we've hit double digits already. Time's moving pretty fast here. Um, but I hope you're liking the new changes to the format. Uh, as always, please feel free to reach out and let me know what you'd like to see more of, less of, what I can do better, uh, and what's really working for you. Uh, I'm, this is going to be an ever-evolving project, so uh, I just want to make sure it's as effective and enjoyable for you as possible. So let's just dive in, shall we? Uh, as far as policy price changes, pre-sales goes, uh, there's going to be quite a few price changes for April 1st. There will be an attachment that comes along with the email I usually send out for the episode. So please make sure you are looking there. Uh, we are finishing up the Cordero de Montezemolo Barolo presale that ends at the end of next week, basically at the end of the month. And uh, we will replace that presale with a BBB uh, presale. So basically the rest of the Barolos and such from Emson. And then a Kune large format presale will also be going out for you. So we will have a couple of opportunities there. Uh, we're going to try to keep that pipeline filled because it's just great to get some some easy dollars before the wines get here for you and kind of keep that tied up with your with your accounts. So you will continue to see those coming down for sure. Uh, things that came back into stock, <clears throat> the Cafaggio Cortaccio Cabernet has come back in. That is ITCAF04. That's a fantastic Tuscan Cabernet. If you haven't had a chance to take it out, I highly recommend it. We did have Rioana come back in this very small capacity. It was all allocated out, as I had mentioned previously. We do still have some Bernardo Malbec blend and some Cabernet that I can allocate out. So if you need some, hit me up. Uh, Palin Mahoney's Blood Orange Mimosa and Dirty Martini are back in stock as well. Uh, Barrett's Ginger Beer is back in stock. The, the cans, I believe it was. The Toad Hollow Pinot Noir Rosé, which is C-A-T-H-07, is back in stock. And Vega Median came back in. Hallelujah. S-P-U-V-E-01. Uh, Lubanzi Red Blend Cans came back in. That is S-A-L-U-04. And for those looking for kegs, we got all three of the Frico kegs, the white, the red, and the rosé back in, which is ITSCP 15, 16, and 17. Uh, we are going to be out of the Frico Rosso keg, or excuse me, bottles for a little while. So if you do have accounts that are pouring kegs, that's a good option to, to replace that. So I'll talk about that more in a second as we uh, move into the out of stocks. So Scorpetta Frico Rosso I mentioned, that's ITSCP 07. We're going to get about 28 cases here in, in uh, about two weeks from California, uh, but the rest of it we probably won't see until June. Scarpetto is having trouble getting containers from Italy. We're having trouble getting containers from Italy. So we'll do our best to get more and get it here as quick as possible. But that's looking like there's probably going to be a couple of weeks of out of stock for sure. Other things of note, the Gelons Rosé FRJAI02, that's out of stock. It should be back in about two weeks. The Brocard Bourgogne Blanc FRJMBR05 should be in in early May. Ormarine Peak Pool FROM01 should come in in that same container for early May. Uh, believe Paradis Rosé is on that one as well, but it might be later May, early June. And that is FRPAR. We obviously want that rosé as quick as possible. That's a hot one for us. Uh, and this will be 2020 vintage. So, so we're looking forward to getting that in. Whatever container has the Paradis will also have uh, the Reeve Duat Reeve Gauche, which we've been really excited about, and Magellan Boxed Wines, by the way, PS. So that's coming as well. So very excited for that. Um, but for Reeve Duat, which is out of stock, FRRIV01, Again, you know, probably mid to late May, maybe early June. I'll keep you updated as I hear more info. Uh, 
Uh, St. Felix Red, uh, we were sort of iffy on if St. Felix was going to continue based on some negotiations, and we were able to, to figure it all out. So we are going forward with St. Felix. The Red and the Rosé should be in in mid-May, so that's the FRSF 02 and 03. Um, and then Nada Nebbiolo, ITNG04, we're looking at that coming back in early June at this point. So that's all of the notable out-of-stocks. Obviously, there's a couple other things, and, and Kevin's 5WK uh, always has lots of good insight for that, and I highly encourage you taking a peek through. I know there's a lot of info on there, but that's what Control-F is for. You hit that, you search the name of the wine you're looking for, and look at that. It shows you where it is. Um, as far as things coming in, new SKU arrivals. We did get the 2020 Smack Rosé in, so we did create separate item codes. So 2019 has the original item codes, and we can work on that special pricing that I've been talking about. So if you can get a good deal uh, going for a key placement or a big drop, we can get as low as 950. It's not in the system, so just come talk to me if you if think you have some opportunities. 2020 Spring Rosé will be WASMK04, and 2020 Summer Rosé will be WASMK05. And again, both have a pallet in stock now. We got another new keg in, which is the Neboa Albarino kegs from Valkyrie. So that's SPNEB02. Uh, Beth was in last week. We had a great time with her. I'll mention her again in a little bit here, but there was a lot of new wines that we'll be ordering from her. So, so be on the lookout for those uh, from Valkyrie. For those in Washington, uh, the Bichy allocation came in and a lot of that's going out. It was done through the allocation app. So you should know what is available to your accounts that was requested. Um, if anyone didn't get to play with those wines in the pre-sales but does have interest, there is very, 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 very little of the reds left. I would even go as far as to say we are all sold out. If you want to talk with me, uh, we might have a little bit of that La Santa left, but probably not. We might have a couple of cases of the Rosa left, which is the Rosé, but probably not. But we do definitely have some cases of the Petmex left. So if you're going to sample anything, I highly recommend it being the Petmex. If it's anything else, let's have a conversation and see what I can shake out for you. But pretty much it all got caught, uh, got pre-sold. Uh, we did also get on Friday afternoon a bunch of the little peacock wines in that I'm really excited about. Um, those are really, really cool and super delicious for those that have some of the natty crowd. Um, I think Daniel and Ben have already played with them out in the uh, out in the market and had really great results this week and and super positive feedback. So that would be from Kerner, which is uh, the Watervale Riesling that we've had for quite a while. We now have the Bigato or Vermentino from them. That is A-U-K-O-E-0-2. Uh, word to the wise, that wine is unfined and unfiltered. So make sure that you A, store it upright so that all the sediment goes to the bottom, and B, prep your accounts because you're going to have some floaties. That's not a bad thing. It's just just a fact. Uh, Maison Lapalou, which is a really fun winery um, that I'm super stoked to be able to getting, uh, get in here. We got two wines from them, a Serrano Red Blend, A-U-M-L-0-1, AUML02. And then one of the coolest kids on the block is Small Fry. Uh, those wines will probably be sold out by the end of this week, to be honest. I mean, if you didn't jump on them right out of the gate, you're going to miss out. But it's AUSF01 and AUSF02. That Tangerine, Dream, and Electric Violet are the shit. They are so good. So um, 
play with them while you can. Uh, we'll try to get as much as possible. I've already made a, a plea to Gordon, who's our, our supplier from those wines, to give us as much as possible. Um, the Natty crowd here knew them by name already, and they've never been in the market. That's how that's how hot they are. So, um, also good intentions, which is equally uh, equally hot, I would say. Um, eh, maybe just a little less uh, in terms of the the cool kids it crowd, but really really fun up and coming for sure. We got two of those wines, the Gigglepot AUGI 06, and then we got AUGI 07, which is their uh, their Pinot. Sorry about that. Um, and then lastly, the uh, award for the world's best name for a rosé goes to Field Recordings for their new Domo Arigato Mr. Romato, which is a Romato-style rosé. Um, that is C-A-F-R-E-28. It's delicious. And again, freaking love the name. Uh, I can't help but sing the song in my head every time I say it. Uh, as far as goings go, um, with nothing nothing to really report here, but I just want to prep you all. The 2020 Anime Rosé, we have another uh, palette, I believe it is, arriving on April 4th or 5th, give or take. That's probably it for the year. So my guess, my best bet, is that by the end of April, maybe early May, that 2020 Anime Rosé is going to be sold out for the year. So just keep that in mind. You know, I, at this point, wouldn't recommend pitching it to too many more people, to be honest. There's a lot of interest out there from those that have already gotten it. I would really put your attention towards Smack if you need something from the Northwest. Uh, we're going to work on getting Coelho 2020 here shortly as well um, and looking at some other opportunities down the road. Foundry has a new rosé also, so um, that's in stock. And then obviously we have the Two Mountain Rosé and the 250ml rosés from him as well, uh, to, to boot. But uh, the Anime Rosé, I know it's a really beautiful new label and it's really exciting uh, new wine, but it has gone gangbusters nationally. Um, they have basically sold everything they could to everybody and it, we're just we're just going to be having to move on from that earlier than we would have hoped, but that's okay. It's the nature of rosé. Either have not nearly enough or far too much. So uh, <laughs> this this time it's the uh, it's the former. So uh, new supplier notes. Foundry also arrived on Friday up in Washington. I think this week you'll be getting it down in Oregon. Uh, I'm really excited to have those in. Uh, we'll be meeting with Lisa and Jay here soon and hearing about how the the art and the wine world combine for their for their winery. And I think it's a really great story and one that fits into our model very well. So please make sure you're taking those wines out. Nothing uh, new to report as far as anyone in town. Nothing big going on this week that I or next week that I know of. But uh, I do want to thank those that attended the pizza party with Beth on Friday from Valkyrie. Hopefully you enjoyed some of those wines we tasted that are new that we will be bringing in. Uh, I hope you like my pizza as well. For those that uh, didn't attend and did it, uh, didn't attend the second one, but did attend the first one, I, it, it, my promise was true. It was not as much of a shit show. It went much smoother. And uh, the pizza was pretty good. So uh, I hope you all enjoyed that. Thanks for getting to meet her. She's she's great people uh, and really going to be a really strong partner for us as we build up the Valkyrie portfolio here in the Northwest. So I was excited to have her see you guys. Uh, we did get some new swag from her as well. So there's a couple of new things uh, that are hanging around. Some shirts, some hats, some wine keys, some stoppers, some uh foil openers, you know, those little, you know, little foil cutter thingies. Um, so all of that from her, we've got a bunch of swag from Volio coming in. So we'll have all of that for you as well, including, uh, one Soldera book for each market that we will give to a top on-premise account. 
um, when they purchase Soldera. It's going uh, to rest in the offices for the short term, uh, but that will be an opportunity. There's a couple more of those, along with some Soldera glassware that's coming. So those are pretty exciting from Volio, um, but more on that to come. And then uh, the wine enthusiast buying guides came out this week. I'm going to be honest. I haven't had the time to look through it and do my normal score updates, but uh, I am certain there's things in there that we have that have uh, new scores to report. So you'll hear more about that next week. Uh, chain updates wise, there wasn't a ton that really is relevant for broad market. We did get that old Westminster Rose in. I've seen a lot of people shipping that. So that's great. Uh, there is more Lauren Crossing available as well. So please keep shipping that as well as the Field Recordings Pet Nat Rose. Uh, all three of those are Whole Foods exclusive wines uh, that we just can keep going with, except, excuse me, the old Westminster Rose. What we got is it. Just a friendly reminder. Once it's gone, it's gone. Um, okay. So now that we've gotten through the chain updates we're gonna take a little break from my voice and listen to pat here with his drinking with pat section uh today it's the 20th century cocktail so let's give a listen yay all right guys we've got pat here again for for the next new installment of drinking with pat and uh pat's gonna take it back to the 20th century today with this cocktail what's going on buddy hey chris thanks for having me on again um yeah we're gonna we're going to go back, uh, back to the 20th century, even though we're living in the 21st. Um, this is a great uh, classic cocktail. Um, the name is actually uh, based on um, uh, a famous train that used to go between uh, New York and Chicago. Um, uh, train uh, started operation in like 1902 and, uh, and then uh, ceased operation in 1967. Um, the drink first appeared in a really famous um, uh, cocktail book uh, in 1937 called the uh, drinks, uh, uh, co famous cocktail book called uh, Cafe Royale, Drinks of the Cafe Royale. Cafe Royale was a really famous bar in London, and mm -hmm. uh, this book actually highlighted a lot of the, um, the, the house drinks of the uh, Cafe Royale, but also included a lot of um, drinks from uh, bars in the surrounding area. Um, uh, there's actually a, a new hotel in London uh, in the, uh, the old footprint of where the Cafe Royale um, was originally located. Nice. Uh, so for, for this drink today, um, we're gonna, you're going to need uh, a few things. Um, we're going to showcase the, uh, uh, the exuberance and beautifulness of Benham's Gin. Um, I like I'm, I've chosen Benham's today because it's got the Buddhist hand citron in there, uh, the grains of paradise. It's also um, uh, made with both grapes and grain. And I really like um, how, um, you know, because we are also using um, a, a wine uh, component of this drink. So that uh, Buddhist hand citron and those um Grains of Paradise and that black pepper spice um, really uh, shines through beautifully with this uh, 20th century cocktail. We're also going to use uh, Tempest Fujit uh, Creme de Cacao. Um, what's beautiful about this Creme de Cacao is that uh, it's got this lovely vanilla note. And also this is actually made um, uh, distilled from cacao. Uh, probably the best Creme de Cacao you could possibly buy um, on the market where most of your creme de cacaos are artificially flavored. Um, 
And then also this uh, drink uh, calls for uh, classically uh, Le Le Blanc. Um, and we are going to use the Tempest Fugit um, Akina Liero Dior, uh, which is um, kind of an Alps Provence, uh, Provence, uh, Provencal style uh, aromatized white wine uh, made with herbs, spices, and uh, of course, chinchona bark. Um, it's actually very similar to the original recipe of Le Le Blanc. Um, unfortunately, Le Le Blanc's recipe has changed and become um, incredibly sweeter over uh, the years. So it really is not um, anything like the Le Le Blanc they used in 1937. Whereas the Tempest Fugit Kina uh, Liero Dior is very similar to that 1937 Le Le. So that being said, shall we, shall we dive right in? Let's mix it up, man. All right. So what you're going to need here first, you guys, if you want a nice chilled uh, coupe glass or, you know, martini glass style, um, you're going to fill a shaker with ice. Uh, you're going to put a one and one half ounces of the Benham's uh, gin. You're going to put a half ounce of Tempest Fujit creme de cacao. Um, you're also going to put a half ounce of the Tempest Fujit Kina Liero Dior um, and a quarter ounce of lemon juice. You're going to shake it uh, nice and cold um, and just strain it into that coupe glass and garnish with a lovely twist of lemon. And what you have there is a, a cocktail that uh, gives you that herbaceousness of the Lalay or the uh, Kina Liero and the, the Benham's Gin. And then you get this really lovely vanilla cacao note on the backside um, that's been tempered a little bit by that lemon juice. Um, absolutely phenomenal cocktail. Uh, it's a, a cocktail that's really starting to gain a little bit more traction in the uh, craft bars. Um, and I would highly recommend uh, uh, recommending this cocktail to um, some of your accounts out there that are looking for a, uh, a lovely ode to the classics. And uh, the 20th century, there's no better uh, cocktail to um, exemplify this. Yeah, sounds delicious and refreshing. Perfect for uh, the upcoming summer weather. Absolutely. And we'll have some more uh, fun cocktails. I'll um, always try to include a little historical aspect to them. And um, we will uh, we'll have uh, some great fun making cocktails with Pat. <laughs> Love it, man. Well, thanks for all the inspiration. Uh, and look forward to next week when we, when we drink again. Hey, Chris, I really appreciate the time. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay, that was our good buddy Pat talking about the 20th century cocktail. It sounds like a very refreshing drink for these warm months ahead, and I'm excited to try one. Uh, as far as the brief and wonderful interview for the week, it is with Anthony Alpart from Fanu Imports, which is our one of our New Zealand partners, talking about the exciting new things happening in New Zealand. Um, there's definitely some, some really cool... Uh, things popping up and Southern Hemisphere in general is a really exciting place to explore right now. I think New Zealand is one of the more exciting of those and Anthony is going to tell us why. So please listen into the interview. Uh, outside of that, fun facts, or I should say this, I guess today it's not so fun facts, but um, the global congestion for shipping containers continues. Uh, some of you might have seen in the news about the Suez Canal having a 
shipping container try to pull an Austin Powers essentially, but really it was the weather that caused it. But they went perpendicular in the canal and have been blocking it for the last few days, meaning that hundreds and hundreds of containers, shipping containers, haven't been able to get through that canal. Uh, Suez is is more in uh, towards Egypt, so it doesn't affect us right now. But because that's clogging up the pipelines, I bet we're going to feel some of that in about six to eight, maybe ten weeks. Uh, so the uh, challenges of shipping containers continue. And how Kevin has any hair left on his head, I don't know because I would have pulled it all out by now. Uh, outside of that, for our eblast campaigns, we do have Earth Day as the focus for the April front pages. We'll obviously announce all of the new wineries too, but Earth Day will be a big focus. So leaning into the organic wines and vegan wines in our, our portfolio. Uh, April 5th is going to be a tax day deep deal, really focusing in on our DI products. Uh, for the for that you know weekly sale blast that we do, April twelfth will be at Earth Day deep deal that we focus in on some organic offerings. So we'll have it for the front page all month, and then on April twelfth for a sale, and then April nineteenth is going to be a Kentucky Derby focused sale. So Mictors will be likely in there, and Palin Mahoney Simple Syrup. Maybe we'll buy some mint and sell that too. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, top sales rep for the week was Ann. Congratulations, Ann. You just beat out Ben by a couple hundred bucks. Nice work, though. Uh, and uh, you've been either one, two, or three for the last couple of weeks, so you're really killing it out there. Uh, keep up the great work. Um, here, I just want to remind you guys that I am going to do a better job personally of anytime you guys email me questions where I feel like it's really relevant to everybody. Uh, I'll try to add them in here, but I, if there's anything you want to ask for me to answer on the podcast, please just shoot me a note about it. Uh, there's a lot of things that you all ask me about, you know, collectively at different times and not that I don't love talking to all of you, but answering the same question 20 times, uh, gets, gets a little old sometimes. So I'd love to try to get it into a place where you all listen, which seems like this might be it. So, uh, I'm going to try to do more of answering some of those more generic questions in this part of the podcast going forward. Um, no new hires to talk about, but let's talk about incentives. The Scarpetta pod goals is ending at the end of the month, as is the Fontini scratcher incentive. Uh, we will continue to go more towards the brand focus goals, uh, moving forward. And we've added a lot from purple for the next two quarters. I will attach that list again today to the podcast so you can review all the new additions, but there's quite a bit to look at for that. Um, and third leaf will have some evolving changes, same brands, different ways it gets paid out coming up soon. And the Sparia Media incentive is still rocking and rolling. So for a couple of corrections from last week, uh, when I was introducing the interview with Vance for the Bico Amarello, I said that Vino Verde is a place and a region. And that is the same thing. So uh, what I meant to say was that it's a place in a style, uh, but uh, I did not say that. So now I'm correcting myself. And then also my super sick hype horn that I tried to use for that pizza party didn't uh, didn't really capture with my mic. You know, it was that bam, bam, bam that I was trying to shoot for. Um, I played it on the computer and it didn't pick up. So I guess next time I'll just do it the old fashioned way and hype myself up. Uh, let's see who is joining next week. Next week, we will have, uh, the Suzor family joining us to talk about their origin stories more or less. And that's a great interview. I had a lot of fun talking to them, uh, about everything that they're doing in Menifee vineyards and, and their history in France and all that great stuff. So listen for that one. It was really, really quite an enjoyable interview. So I, I hope you like it. Uh, and then 
looking ahead, I've mentioned Easter a couple of times. We had the email blast go out this week with the ad and seen a lot of good feedback for it. You know, Coelho is that low hanging fruit. Um, I mean, it's got a bunny on the label. I know it's I know it's cheesy and simple, but it it works, man. So uh, keep pushing that Earth Day coming up in the third week of April. Keep pu pushing those organic wines. And then May is Oregon Wine Month. And those are really the big three topics that we're looking at planning ahead right now. Uh, pending arrivals, we'll have quite a few new things coming in next week. So do listen in because I'll have a lot to tell you about all the great new things that are coming. And yeah, let's let's wrap this up, shall we? Um, uh, my my wife has sent me some some things recently, uh, some articles to read, and uh, and maybe maybe I was just listening to too much Simon Sinek or something. But I've I've been feeling very idealist about my my work, and you know I'm going to be honest with you guys, I haven't always loved it. Um, shocker, right? The way I behave, um, but uh, you know I I just haven't always been a hundred percent believing that what I'm doing provides. Um, you know, it's, it's meaningful and purposeful and provides this great satisfaction. And, uh, I was sent this article by my wife, as I mentioned earlier, uh, in the week that just talks about how, you know, you don't always love your work, but you should love your cause. And I believe in my cause. I believe in our cause. Uh, I believe in getting the best wine we can to the people in our communities and educating them and exciting them and turning them on to new things. And that's what I believe in. And even when things are hard at work and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated by something, one thing or another, or there's a challenge that I just can't seem to overcome. I I'm trying to remind myself that I am in this for the cause and not for the work. And, uh, and I hope that brings some solace to some of you who might've been experiencing some frustrations in the recent, recent history or are still feeling frustrations today. Um, I know it's hard out there. I know there's a lot being asked of you and you're being pulled in a million directions and it feels really hard to do your job, but you're here for a reason. You have a, you have something you believe in and something about this company drew you to it because you believed in that too. And uh, I just want to remind you of that. So, okay. Enough of the philosophical. Um, let's tie a bow on this episode. Thanks for listening. As always, guys, please check out the interview with Anthony, as I mentioned, and thanks for giving a sip.